This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn Coventry's leading estate agents. My name is Tom Ward, and I'm joined this evening by Ross. Evening, Wardy. Evening, May, and I'm also joined by David. Hello. How are we doing, chaps? Um, yeah, yeah. It's been a it's been a bit of a crazy week. Um, obviously, we are recording the pod a little bit later than we would like to. Um, the schedule isn't particularly friendly for us doing a weekly podcast, but yeah, listeners, bear with us, and you might just uh, you might find you only have a day or two to to catch up on the podcast um, at the moment, but that's fine. Um, obviously, tonight we'll look back at the unfortunate FA Cup defeat to Southampton on Saturday, and then we'll also discuss last night's one-one draw at home to Blackpool. Um, we're also going to briefly look ahead to the Reading game on Saturday. Um, so, Ross, I'll start with you. Um, how is your mood this week? My mood is good. Yeah, I feel I feel positive. Um, disappointed that, you know, I guess with the results, ultimately, you know, going out of the FA Cup and and obviously the, the draw against Blackpool. But overall, I'm, I'm incredibly positive. You know, I think the performances for the past sort of four or five games have been... Uh, top quality really so uh, there's a lot to be uh there's a lot to enjoy so yeah i'm feeling pretty positive good to hear uh and dave um felt like we were inside st mary's for a lifetime on saturday um and then obviously another long trip from london for us as they are for all the home games um have you managed to recover from the from the couple of games yeah the southampton game i would have liked to have been in st mary's even longer I think um, we deserve to be, but um, yeah, all good. And, a, a, you know, another great trip last night, made good time on the way back um, by, you know, a driver who was like going at it like a man possessed, 
which meant we got back in a, a reasonable time. Um, of course, all under 70 miles an hour. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully he was <laughs> within the speed limit, Dave. Mm, no, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, let's look back at the Southampton game then. Um, and obviously in the absence of Grizo, um, Dave, I'll give you the honour of reading out the match stats. Yeah, happy to go through them. Um, obviously, starting off with the possession, 31.3%. Um, 15 shots versus 17. Six of the shots were on target versus Southampton seven. We completed 302 passes uh, versus 795. <laughs> it's got to be a record, isn't it, wow. for this season? I don't think we've ever read out a number of 700 and something for an No, but team. there was an extra half an hour, I suppose. Oh, yeah, good point. Um, 14 interceptions versus 10. 29 tackles um, versus 20. And 16 aerial duels, one versus nine. Nice. I would also like to add another stat which came out of the Mark Robbins interview last night. I don't know if you chaps were listening, but 152 kilometres covered on the pitch. Yeah. Was that incredible? Number? Absolutely which, incredible. And just and to put it in perspective, I think we've ranged between 105 and 115 this season in yeah. a normal match. So that kind of tells you quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. The levels were, you know, regardless, I'm not sure if that accounts for the extra two subs a bit like you know what we said there for over extra time but still the levels by everyone was upped a couple of thousand k more wasn't it than what they would normally be running and some so uh yeah a, a, a massive shift um isn't it really yeah absolutely um Mark Robbins picked quite an interesting team, Ross. Um, it got a few people talking before kickoff and discussing various ways that we could be lining up. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was an interesting team. I think when the the, uh, the team sheet came out, obviously, you know, Michael Rose sort of came in uh, at the heart of defence, which I think well, it raised a few, my eyebrows particularly. I, th- I, you know, I thought Fads was unfortunate sort of to lose his place. And then, of course, the, the sort of eye-catching thing and obviously you were there so it, and I've still failed to be able to completely understand exactly where Matson was playing so maybe we had to shed some light on it because I, I saw all sorts of different sort of uh, you know variations and sort of uh, conclusions of where he was playing but obviously Matson and Bidwell were both in the same 11 and Eccles so people were wondering whether whether Bidwell was going to be playing on the right and Matson on the left or vice versa and Eccles in midfield or whether Eccles would be at right wing back etc so that, I mean, maybe you can clear that up for me. Where was Matson playing in the the front of the box, or I mean, Sky put it as a three four three with Matson on the sort of left wing and O'Hare on the right. I mean, can, yeah, maybe you can clarify for me exactly where everyone was playing because I have no idea. Yeah, to be honest, it was. It, it feels like it was ages ago, and it, it felt like such a long game. I can't even remember myself, Dave. Can you remember? Yeah, he was definitely, obviously, not as. Uh, in a wing back position and wide um, but it kind of felt that he I don't know he he done a lot of running um, to be fair and he played really well which in which felt like a sort of attacking midfielding role on the left hand side but he was kind of yeah I wouldn't say it was a free role but he was he was all over the place he spent a lot of time on the right hand side as well to be fair um, there were people screaming at us but yeah, my memory's not what it was as well. But yeah. um, he, he was obviously definitely further forward. Well, yeah, he's definitely further forward and not as, you know, left-sided minded, I guess, as he as you'd expect. So he definitely um, changed roles and seemed to have a good effect. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it was a good build up to the game as well, Dave. Obviously, 5,000 City fans there and people drinking in the in the town centre. It's always quite a special atmosphere on those FA Cup days, isn't it? Yeah, FA Cup days, but just days when we take a large, you know, gathering. There's nothing worse, is it, than turn up to an away end and maybe you've you've only got a thousand. It's not happened as much this season. And you're sort of like, there's about 10 of you huddled in a pub and you think, you know, whereas there, you know, every single pub was rammed, wasn't it, with Cov? And um, it's just great to see. It's nice to take over a town pretty much for, a, for an afternoon. Um, and that's probably what contributed to to a really good atmosphere um and i think that little corner in in saints is you know they did did a decent job of of creating atmosphere as much as the sky blues fans did yeah yeah absolutely um and we'll get on to the game itself ross um we started really brightly actually and um you know had some chances early on Eccles running at the saints defense he had an effort from the edge of the box but just tipped behind wasn't it by caballero yeah it was a great start and i think that's what everybody wanted they wanted us to sort of uh start on the front foot and and you know and we and play our game and and start confidently and that's what we did and Eccles again who'd been playing really well uh, since he'd come into the side picking up the ball and and being positive you know running forward with it finding the space running into it and he and he hit a, a good shot and it was a, a good save from a uh, Caballero really so um Obviously, he'd come close the week prior against Middlesbrough with a shot and similar sort of position. This time, got it on target and it was a good save. And that sort of set the tone very early on for what was a, an incredible first half performance uh, from the Sky Blues. Yeah, yeah, it was a re- really, really good performance. Um, and we took the lead in the 22nd minute. Um, I think this goal sort of typified the kind of football we've been playing this season, Dave. Ah. Uh-huh. Completely, like, and look, it was a it was a, a goal that was the levels of what you'd expect to see on that pitch in in Premiership games, you know, all of the time, right? It was it was just absolutely um, just lovely to watch, free flowing football. Everyone knew their role. Everyone knew what was happening next. It's it's clearly that they've got a really good understanding of each other. And, you know, we saw it again last night. But the the, the football that we play is it's just fantastic at times and a joy to watch. And I'd rather watch that and sometimes get, you know, we say it all the time, but the odd goal against us because we've sort of played around with it at the back. But, you know, I'd rather see football like that every week than just, you know, keeping clean sheets, but humping it long and and hoping for the best. So, yeah, an absolutely fantastic goal. A calm finish early on in the game as well. And and Jokerez really looks back to his best. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, you know, even if you lose a game, you can still, you know, quite, you really enjoy the occasion and you can definitely take a lot of positives out of it and you come away, yeah, not feeling as disheartened perhaps. Um, but we didn't sit back too much um, either after the goal, Ross, and continued to play really well. No, we did. And uh, Ian Matson had a couple of uh, efforts, you know, he had one which sort of on the half volley, which sort of dipped just narrowly over the bar and then he had a great opportunity didn't he the ball came to him sort of edge of the area and Caballero sort of rooted just stationary and if it, if it's on target you know either side a couple of a foot to the left of where it did it ultimately go is in the back of the net and it just sort of whizzed he sort of dragged it wide um and that was a theme uh, against Blackpool as well he just yeah his just final shot just wasn't there and if it had, if it had gone to up all the reporters and everybody was saying if it, you know, second goal would have would would have killed the tie, really. You know, which is just testament to how we played. You know, against the Premier League side away from home, that we were 
we were the team more likely looking to score, you know, and, and double our advantage. So it was a shame we didn't, but it was a, you know, we didn't sort of sit back on our laurels. We, we pressed again and try to create openings, which we did. And it was, uh, as Dave said, um, that's what you want to see. I mean, this season has been honestly one of the most enjoyable I, I can remember probably ever in, in sort of my memory of supporting um, Coventry because every game, apart from maybe one or two this season, when the performance has been below par, even if the result hasn't been right, the performance has been there and, and that's what you can ask for. And that's why it's been so enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And in this game, I think it was really important to, to get to halftime one and ahead, which we did. Um, obviously Saints did make some changes. Um, they swapped Adam Armstrong for Stuart Armstrong um, and also Walker Peters came on. And obviously, we you know, he's a very exciting player. Um, Dave, it felt like this sort of brought them up again, didn't it? In the second half. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you know, would have got stuck into him at half time to say that we're not close enough. We're letting them play. We're not keeping the ball. You know, we, we've seen the amount of possession that they had, um, but it did feel like they were kind of letting us have the ball at times. And it definitely changed when Walker, you know, Walker Peters come on. Um, and of course, Armstrong. Uh, but yeah, good to get in at half time, 1 0, um, because we did ride a few um, before that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll obviously, obviously talk about their goal, Ross. Um, not much you can say really other than just a complete and utter worldie, wasn't it? Oh, it was an incredible goal. The swerve um, right into the top corner. I mean, there was nothing more or any keeper in the world would have done about that. And it, it was going to take something special like that to break us down. It, it, it felt like, you know, we, we were going to we were going to see the game out and... I mean, it's difficult to be critical, really. It was a, a superb strike. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Simon Moore, in, I don't know if you saw that video him and Ben Wilson did, you know, he was asked, you know, what was the best goal you conceded? And Simon Moore couldn't really think of one. So maybe, uh -huh. he's, got, maybe he's got the answer to that now. Um, I mean, I guess if you've been super critical, you could maybe just say, we, we probably felt comfortable and that's how we were. And maybe we just didn't close down quick enough. Uh, but you can't take anything away from the strike. I mean, it's, yeah, incredible goal. And it was just uh, disappointing that we were on the wrong end of it. Yeah, of course. That um, There was that video, wasn't there, of the angle behind it? And it just was oh. unbelievable from from behind, even better than it did yeah. sort of um, on the day. Yeah. Un unbelievable. And wasn't that right. like his first appearance of the season or something? Yeah, yeah just, I think, yeah. He'd just yeah, been best. injured all year, comes back and then just, just pops one in from 30 yards. So, yeah, no, great goal, to be fair. you got to hold your hands up to that. Yeah, you absolutely do. Um, We'll talk a little bit about the subs that we made. Um, obviously, we were allowed five subs in the game, which has made made things a little bit interesting. And thank God we were, because obviously with the extra time. Um, obviously, he swapped Matson for Shipley. Um, and then not too long after that, he did a triple sub. Uh, Waghorn, Kane and Allen came on for Bidwell, Eccles and Hamer. Um, what were your thoughts on these, these subs, Dave? Pretty standard, weren't they? I suppose you know the Kane and um, Eccles, and Eccles was struggling a little bit. Um, you know, lot for him uh, up against that sort of pace, and uh, you know, from from what he's been used to. Um, and you know, I think Vic did need a little bit of support up front, and I think Wagon definitely gave us that and gave us a bit more of a another outlet, I suppose, um, in which was you know you know trying to um, try and take the game to him more. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I thought Wackle made a bit of a difference when he came on. 100%, um, he yeah. looked, he looked good and had a couple of chances as well. Actually, straight away when he came on, um, and and perhaps could have put us ahead, Ross. Yeah, I think I actually think that chance, which I think you know was one of his first touches of the game, where again Vic, yeah, 
harrying their defenders and a poor pass, uh, pass back, put Wagon in. I, I think, I think he's got to do better there. I, I sort of, you know, that's the one actually where I look back and think Caballero is so far off his line. He's almost on the edge of the box. I, you either thinking, can he lift it or can he, can he try and Caballero is, you know, not that quick. Can he sort of try and take it past him? And then, you know, on his left foot, put it into a sort of an open goal but he sort of I don't know it's just like a rushed finish isn't it he just sort of hits it straight at him mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, and again you can put it down to was he you know still a bit cold he hadn't warmed it into the game he'd just come on but that's a really big opportunity and again I always always do it I just flip it over and think would we get away with that and the answer's no we, we, there's no way we're not getting away with you know a bad back pass with our goalkeeper 15 yards off his goal line. Um, so we let them get away with it. Uh, but he, he does make a difference. And I think, and it is the same in the Blackpool game. I think when we start with one up front, I think then it's easy to bring a striker on. I think the problem is when we've had, if we've started with two up top, you're seen to be negative if he then takes a striker off, aren't you? To then go back to the box. Yeah. Because you'll get the yeah. fans who go, hang on, you've taken a striker off. And some fans just see striker equal goals. But actually, sometimes the, the problem we've had in games is when we've we've lost that sort of control in midfield. So obviously, I think it's easier to sort of seem and come across more uh, proactive going from the box to two up top rather than the other way around. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, obviously we went into extra time and I don't know for you, Dave, I don't think we've seen, I've not seen City play in extra time. I think we did against Birmingham maybe last year. I missed that one, but felt like a sort of a first or it's something that doesn't happen too often, does it? No, exactly. And it also, it was a really weird feeling because you knew that if we didn't get a goal in extra time, I didn't really feel like we'd win penalties. I don't know why. I know it sounds odd, but it also <laughs> felt like the only way to win the game was to take it to penalties. So like, that's what kind of everyone thought, right? Because it turns it into a lottery and and um, whatever. But I also wasn't too keen on what even watching penalties. To be honest, penalties um, would have been penalties would have been horrible, wouldn't they? Yeah, um, exactly. To be honest with you, I mean, not, um, well, you know, there's not there's not that much riding on the game, really. But yeah, it would have been after all of that. It would have been an almost even more cruel way to go out in a in a funny way, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it had the air of like a premiership team were just going to be able to keep going for the 120 minutes, whereas we might start to drop off. So yeah, it was, it was obviously amazing to hold on and get it to not hold on, but you know, to get it to, um, to full time. And we, you know, we had a a lot of chances um, in extra time. I thought, you know, they, they, they played really, really well and there was still chances right up until the 121st minute. So yeah, hats off, really. But um, I don't think I could have took penalties either. Yeah, no, absolutely. And unfortunately, Dave, they did they did get that goal, didn't they? Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, it's just it's a little bit like a lot of goals we conceded this season, really, where we we tend to get um, not even caught because we always get bodies back. Funny enough, I took a screenshot ready to have a rant on Twitter today, and then I just obviously was actually far too busy to do it and didn't. But we seem to get a lot of players back and then still concede. Um, and it was kind of no different, really. Yeah, class player, great feet. Um, but I just, and deflections, and I know all of that, but we just seem to get, like, from those from those corners, people cut in and we back off and back off until we back off enough into the pre- um, pre- into the penalty box where we can't bring anyone down or or mm. too scared to put a challenge in. And then, then it's a sea of bodies, and it's harder for the keeper to see where the ball actually is. And 
we've we've considered a few like that and I think that's one thing that hopefully defensive coaches are working on because I feel we've probably conceded a few too many when it doesn't actually look like there's much pressure and then we go and you know go and concede mm, yeah yeah very very frustrating um we'll talk about the the chances at the end um we'll start with the the Waghorn header Ross yeah I think he actually I think he does quite well with it in terms of I think if it goes in, we're all saying, what a great header, great finish. Um, and it was, it's just one of those, isn't it? It's just the wrong side of the post. I mean, I think our response to the goal, that them scoring is a really pleasing thing. You know, we didn't just sort of let it sort of dwindle out, you know, uh, and, and sort of just lose the game. We actually went and had several chances and, you know, <laughs> what, I mean, that one, that header, if, that, if that's again a foot to the left, it's the back of the net and, and Wagon could do with another goal, I think, really. I think he's, like you say, you know, Wardy, he came on and makes a difference. And I think he's got, mm. his game isn't about goals. We, we know that. He's got one this season, but he's contributed a lot to sort of Vic and the team. Um, but when those chances come, because he's experienced, you just want to see him putting them in the back of the net. And the header was a good opportunity. And it just went begging. And, and you almost just get the feeling it's just not going to be our day, do you, when, when those sort yeah. of chances go begging? Yeah, 100%. And then kind of... <laughs> Just I can't probably a couple of minutes later, um, we have the offside goal, and I certainly felt like it wasn't gonna be our day. I, did, I didn't even really celebrate. I don't know why. I just sort of knew it was offside, and I even thought to myself, even if they give it, I bet it'll be ruled out for VAR, which again is one of my gripes with VAR. Um, but yeah, Dave, it was agonising, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I went absolutely mental, to be honest. He <laughs> broke your shin, didn't you? Or something? Probably. I was literally absolutely mental, but. <laughs> Uh, I think it should have been a goal before it came yeah. out to Kane. Agreed. Um, you know, again, you know, you mentioned there about Waghorn and, you know, he's just an experienced striker. It was, you know, it fell nicely. Uh, just, you know. He has to finish it, doesn't he? Either, side of, the, either side of the keeper. Is, yeah, you've just got, got to finish that. And yeah. then, then almost to tap it in, you know, again, the experience, I know in the heat of the moment, but to have a think about where you are and he, he, he kind of knew he was sort of stood offside, I, I feel really, because he was so close to the goal that he kind of, and he was in front of people that he felt that he might have definitely been off. Um, and I'm not sure if the keeper would have just scrambled across when Kane, but if it had come back off the keeper, he would have been live again, wouldn't he? I think, I don't know actually. But anyway, I just, yeah, all round really, it's... So frustrating because one, it was a, it was such an amazing, you know, response by the crowd to to the goal. It was incredible, and then that, you know, those agonising seconds where you then realise what's happened and it's now offside and you haven't rescued the game. It's not going into penalties, and that is it literally was the last, you know, bite of the cherry, really. Um, and yeah. Agreed. Waghorn, I thought, looked absolutely brilliant with Vic. I thought he'd done enough to to get a start against Blackpool because of his play and what he offered against Southampton on Saturday. But, you know, we've gone out and we've spent a fair whack on an experienced striker and you've got to start seeing a return, I think, for those, um, for that money. On, and, on Waghorn? Yeah. He was a free, wasn't he? I mean, in terms wages, of wages. Yeah. Wages, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You know what I mean? And and we've got to start seeing a return now on that, um, I think. And hopefully we will. He needs yeah. minutes, of course. Um, and he looks, I think, great when he's playing up against uh, with Vic. I think he gives Vic what he needs. I think Vic looks isolated up front. 
and we could talk about that all night but yeah um real shame gutted that you know the the limbs deserved a goal um and and waghorn for his his, his display deserved a goal yeah. and we've not even talked about the jcs header either you know which also You're, yeah that was another one at the end wasn't it probably should have you know should have done done better so yeah we had a lot of chances we really pushed them didn't we and it was it was nothing short of fantastic performance you can't be upset with it yeah 100% um well I'll grab a man of the match off you um Ross um I think there was some unbelievable performances throughout the team but someone who sort of stood out and I think he's been improving game on game I think I think Ben Sheaf I think he sort of just showed his quality some really good touches and set up a huge part in the goal and I think it's all round game. His tackling and his passing was, uh, yeah, very, very good in the centre midfield. So, you know, he was up against, you know, some tough players on the Southampton team. So Ben Sheaf. Dave? Yeah, I, I agree, actually. It's tough, him between him and Vic, but I think Ben Sheaf had an absolutely incredible game. And um, I think all the fans also thought that, that um, the way they sort of congratulated him after the game. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll now move on and talk about the 1-1 draw at home to Blackpool on Tuesday evening. Um, Ross, I will get the match stats, match stats off you, please. Yes, so it was obviously Coventry versus uh, Blackpool. And uh, again, another good performance. The Sky Blues dominating possession, uh, the 60% uh, possession, and dominating the, the shots as well. Another game this season with over you know, 20 shots on goal compared to Blackpool's 10, uh, but it was all square in terms of attempts on target for each. Uh, and the Sky Blues, 415 passes completed to only 238 from Blackpool. So it was a dominant controlling display um, from the Sky Blues. But an interesting stat as well, of the Sky Blues shots, nine, they had nine blocked shots uh, compared to Blackpool. We didn't block a single shot from Blackpool, whereas Blackpool were getting bodies in the way. And we had a lot of our attempts, which, you know, could have troubled, but they got blocks in the way as well. Um, we had 10 interceptions to their five. We won 17 tackles, one to their 19 um, and 20 aerial duels, one uh, to their 24. Um, so it was, a, again, another positive display against Blackpool and another game this season where we've had so many shots and just couldn't convert. Yeah, of course. You, I was going to say, Grizo might be out of a job there, Ross. You, uh, you sounded good. They sound like a Sky Sports reporter. Very, uh, very slick. <laughs> well, I'll um, try. <laughs> um, we'll talk about the the team news. Obviously, uh, Kane and Shipley came in. Um, Dave, so just just the two changes. Um, was that kind of what you expected? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I thought it was. Yeah, pretty fine. Absolutely, you know. Um, Kane did a bit when he came in, didn't he, on Saturday? And, and Ship has, has, has done well and deserved his, his position the last couple of weeks. Mm. And in terms of the Blackpool side, I made it three ex City players in their side. Is that right, Ross? Sorry, say that again, Wally. I, I made it three ex Coventry yes. players in the Blackpool side. Is that right? Uh, yes, we obviously had, uh, yeah, it was Gary Medine. Um, and obviously Richard Keogh, and he got a really good uh, inter- uh, reception, didn't he, as well, mm. which I thought was, I think that was his first time back uh, playing at the the Rico or the CBS now, yeah, I think, if, if I'm right. Was, probably was, yeah, because obviously Derby, we'd have been in the league below them for a number of years, yeah. And, 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 and of course, uh, Dujon Sterling, who um, we, again, that would have been his first game uh, against us, because obviously he went to Wigan Athletic on loan when we were still in League One. Um, so, yeah, there was three uh, ex uh, yeah, ex uh, commentary players in the Blackpool lineup, which always gets you. I mean, especially Gary Medine, a striker who I'm never that 
think that's good. I don't think he's that good, but it always just worries mm. you, doesn't it? Which obviously came back to sort of bite me yeah. you know, in the wrong area. Uh, when I saw he was starting, I weren't too worried. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's he's hit a little bit of form recently. Um, it was an electric start to the game, Dave. Um, playing, we played some unbelievable stuff in the first few minutes. Um, but you know, same old. We say every single week, we didn't convert any of the chances. No, incredible, incredible start. Great football. Everything that's positive about our play seems to go mostly through Hamer, who started the game like unbelievably man-possessed. Um, but we've got to start putting these chances away. Robbins said the same thing. When you've played 120 minutes on a Saturday and you get a chance to go 2-0 two, you know, up within sort of inside 15 minutes, you've got to take it because then you can sit back, control the game and knock it around and make them do the running. But we didn't do that. And... Uh, yeah, that's where it started to get a little bit more tough for us. But mm. great football, you know, in the first 15. And it's if we start every game like that, then then we'll, we'll be in with a chance, won't we? Yeah, definitely. And I think Blackpool looked like a decent side to Ross. They also had their own fair share of chances in, that, in those early moments. Yeah, they did. They actually do look a good side. I think they've... Um clearly the, the sort of best side of the three that got promoted this season. And and I think, to be fair, they, they probably look a much better side than we sort of did last season and maybe having crowds and, and that have helped them. But they've got some good players. Jerry Yates up front sort of looks a threat, always running quick, sort of pacey. Uh, and that bowler, uh, bowler, you know, on the wing, he looks very uh, a threat as well. So, yeah, they did have some early chances. But as, as Dave said, we started the game on fire. And I actually think you know, the players dictate the atmosphere and the atmosphere has been great all season, but I, I thought it was unreal yesterday because we started so well, you know, um, we've had a lot of games this season when we would finish the games. Well, haven't we scored late goals, but I thought we actually started yeah. so well. And I just thought, I thought, well, yeah, we, we should be two or three up here before, before, before they obviously took the lead. Yeah, definitely. It was quite interesting, wasn't it? Playing against Blackpool because obviously they played a four, four, two and had those sort of wingers, mm. which we don't, you don't always see that, um, you know, these days. And I think it, Perhaps, perhaps caught us out a little bit. And obviously we got caught on the break, Dave, down the right. Um, and then oh, I don't know how the player got to where he was. And then it was a bit of a mess really in the box. And it was quite an easy sort of tap in, you'd say, probably for Medine. Um, but but disappointing to get caught out, wasn't it? So poor. I'm looking at it now and it's he picks up the ball on the whatever that line is in rugby, because I don't know. But that, 22, is it called? God knows, but it's just, just outside the 25-yard box, but give it another 10 yards on. Again, don't know what it is for. Um, then, yeah, we've got Hyam, uh, three players. You know, you've got four players back there, you know, and they've got two, one just entering the frame. It's just... It's incredible to to see like uh, that freeze frame. How we've conceded from that. Rose has and to again, do better, as well. In the we box. back off, we back off, we back off, we back off, and it gives them a chance. And then once you've backed off and you're in the box, you can't make a challenge. Then there's a sea of bodies. Same thing with, you know, Walker Peters. Same thing yesterday. Same thing I think at Bristol City. Um, can't think of the Fulham goal, but I think that was that, no, that wasn't. But we seem to be conceding them, and uh, we've got to stop. Yeah. Um, there was a penalty shout in the 32nd minute. Um, Ross, you probably had the best view of that being down the other end. Um, that was the Ben Sheaf one, right? Uh, it was, yeah, on diving. Dujon Sterling, I believe, was it that handballed it? Oh, the handball. Um, oh, that one, that, I, that wasn't a pen. That wasn't, a, no. I don't think that was a pen. 
for me i mean the the thing that got me was when you know ben she got booked for diving and i think i was oh, outside yeah. the box just outside the box was that one but it was just yeah. outside the box i think yeah, but it yeah, was yeah, exactly yeah. the same as the one that vic went down in the box for but the ref just didn't give a foul and i don't think it was a foul i think vic sort of you know, he megs Keo, but sort of ran into him. And then the same thing happened with Ben Sheaf, and then the ref goes over and books him for, for simulation. I just couldn't believe it. But the, the handball one, no, I think he was just, he never looked like he was ever going to give it. And I couldn't, I can't say for certain whether I, I, you know, I thought, I thought he was probably a bit too close, I think, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, we'll talk about our goal. Um, quite funny, really. For all the good play and all the intricate passing, um, Simon Moore absolutely lumps it upfield. Brilliant kick and quick thinking from him. And Vic just do, did what Vic does, um, bullied the defender, got past the man and picked his spot beautifully. A really, really good goal, Dave, even though not quite our style of play, is it? No, but route one, you know, um, hit him on the break. Vic has really upped his levels. It's great to see. We're going to need it um, until we get Godden back as well. And, you know, he, he looks like his old self again. He's got that sort of, you know, I can do anything when he gets the ball sort of attitude again and he'll try and go past people. Simon's distribution nine times out of 10 this season has been spot on as well um, and been really, really good. And, um, you know, to get an assist, it, it shows that, you know, it's uh, it was it was incredible kick and uh, a great finish, calm finish by, by Vic, um, who's, you know, back in the goals and looking really, really sharp, actually. Mm. It's going to be really important, isn't it? If we can get Vic scoring, you know, one goal a week or every other week even, it, and then Godden back in the fray as well, I think it will definitely make a huge impact to our the rest of our season. Um, Ross, do you feel like half-time possibly came at a bad time when we were sort of building momentum? Yeah, I think it did. Because, I I mean, we, we had chances, didn't we, after, after the equaliser? Rose had an unbelievable free header where he was just, you know, he had the, he could have, he had a picnic, you know, he had that much sort of time and space. He could have chested it down or he just, yeah, decided just to head it straight at the goalkeeper. But we were pushing, weren't we? And as soon as we got that equaliser, you felt like, yeah, there's another goal here for us. And I think Blackpool would have been delighted to get in at half time to have that chance mm. to sort of settle it down. And yeah, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? But we, we, we probably potentially wasted a bit too much time, maybe in the 10, 15 minutes after their goal to, to we sort of just let them, yeah. we just lost our confidence a bit. We just started, I don't know, I don't know why we're such a confidence team. You know, we were all over them, get done on the break. Um, another you know situation where we just decide not to shoot uh, and then got done on the break. And then suddenly for the next 10 minutes, we just look a shadow of ourselves. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, and, and- even the atmosphere as well, like it went, it went very, very quiet. Like you yes. say, Ross, it was so loud at the start of the game. Then it went really, really quiet. Because even obviously the Blackpool fans are making some noise, but there wasn't that many of them. And it was just a sort of, I felt it was quite a horrible period of the game where it was very quiet in the in the CBS. And luckily we got that goal because it lifted everything back well, up again. But it was quite a weird sort of phase of the game, wasn't it? It, it, it was. And the thing was, I mean, us actually scoring surprised me because I've not seen many goals at my, my end at all. We've scored so many in the second half, you know, attacking where, where you sit in our, in our corner. But so I, I sort of fully expected and, and the guy I go with, I said, it, we'll probably go to halftime 1-0 down and we'll just play like this, like not very well now for the rest of the half. And then the second half will come out and be on top. But actually we we did respond and that and that's, and, you know, a, and we got the equaliser and we pushed on and, Half time came at the wrong time, but I sort of still felt confident that actually now we we are on level terms. We don't need to go chasing the game. Let's let's play the second half how we started the first. Yeah, 
absolutely. And unfortunately, I think what, what got us really was was the tiredness um, in the second half, Dave. Um, and, you know, it started to really show, didn't it, that 120 minutes um, at Southampton. I think thought players like Sheaf in particular looked quite tired. Um, and it was quite hard to sort of come out with that, the same momentum as the first half. Yeah, definitely. There was a few wayward passes that just looked like tired passes. And I never get on a player's back when it's that. You can see that, you know, they're out on their legs at times in the game and Saturday would have taken it out of them. I think we've got to, when that's happening, we've got to be a bit more streetwise and keep the ball um, and try and, you know, make them do the running as well as obviously try and attack. But I, I felt that we, you know, we made it harder for ourselves by, by, you know, not keeping the ball, by sometimes trying to push it and force it when it wasn't on, clearly wasn't on. And and that left us, you know, tired and, and chasing the game. I thought Blackpool played really, really well. They pinged it two or three or four passes in the middle of the park and then it went over the top or into a corner. And and that turn in the defence was really, really key. And I just couldn't understand why we seemed to be one for one all of the time. It, it was just baffling, really, that you've got a team that's tired, yet they were sat quite you know pushed quite far up and we were leaving man you know men one for one at times so that was a bit frustrating I think but it, yeah clearly Saturday's obviously took took its toll and that's why it dropped off in the second half in terms of uh you know the the, the sort of p- performance I guess yeah definitely and David it'd be good to get your thoughts on the subs as well obviously something that's been discussed a bit today was the fact that Robin's made the two subs so not the third one um, he he changed uh, Waghorn Bidwell for Shipley and Kane, which you kind of would expect, although not sure maybe Kane wasn't fully fit or something. But um, not making the third sub, I guess it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? I suppose there's different ways to look at it. You almost want that extra sub in case something happens, but it did feel like we were very tired and we could have done with some fresh legs like Alan or someone like that. Completely bizarre. I just can't understand it. How can you do a post-match, you know, presser and say they've done 120 minutes, you know, 150 odd K. But can you see his argument about the, you know, if, if, if something happens, if there's an injury, I mean, it'd be so us, wouldn't it, to make a change and then in the 80th minute, and then we have to play the rest of the game with 10 men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a valid point, isn't it? I just think that, we were sort of losing, we were losing out in the midfield anyway. And Alan probably just would have give you that bit more pace um, and a bit more pressure and, uh, and whatever. And, and on the subs, I've got to say like Bidwell for me, looking forward to him showing, you know, he's, he's obviously a class act and he's got that, but he, he plays very narrow as a left back. I think he, he, we, we've got left wing backs that play very wide and high up the pitch and he's very deep and narrow um, and I think that caused us a few issues at times yesterday when the midfield got clogged up and the only outlet was out on the right and we didn't really have anything on on the left hand side and therefore people had to go back into the into the centre um, yeah I, I do think though you know you can say injuries but even on the 85th you know we were still could have mustered up a chance what how you know when when is someone going to get injured where they can't sit in or you can't I do that I don't know it's yeah it's it's a weird one like I mean we could have won the game with with what we had out on the pitch so you can argue that mm. you know even though we were tired we could have won it anyway we should have probably won it right at the end right yeah 
Um, yeah. So it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, Ross, what, do you I, make? I know. what do you make of it? Well, we, we, we were hampered. The reason why Blackpool had that spell in the second half was because uh, Sheaf and Hamer were, were shattered and they had a period of for 50 minutes where they couldn't pass a ball. Every pass, we just we just gave Blackpool the ball back as soon as we got it back. And, it, and then and that's Hyam the argument, isn't and, it? and Rose the, were guilty. So for me, it was obvious that Alan, I mean, Robin's, Robin's point, I don't understand it because you'd never make all three subs then, would you? If you, if you always, you could, yeah, that yeah. could always happen, right? So yeah. you, you well, could always, you do it in like the 88th, 88th. Well, that's what he did with Tyler Walker. What was the point with that? 89th yeah, minute yeah, substitute. Yeah. What, what's the but point? The other thing like, is, is that what's better than, the risk of the, the very small risk of someone getting an injury 10 minutes to go and not being able to play on or someone that's dead on their feet in the middle of the park and can't well, sprint back and chase yeah. it back and, and gives away detriment to the, to the goal when you, you lose 2-1. Well, exactly. You, and we you can't two, have it every way, can you? We had a, and, and, and we got a sort of, you know, Hamer and, and got a sort of a second win in the last sort of five, 10 minutes. And we had obviously created a couple of chances again, but for that middle spell in that second half, him and Sheev, we were, I mean, there was that huge opportunity. We've we, not we spoke about when we're running and Wagon is in. If she can pass it, and he does a heavy touch, and it was a tired run, and he did a heavy touch, and yeah, so we yeah. we didn't even create the opening. And to me, I remember saying at the time, one of these needs to be taken off to bring Allen on some fresh energy because I think mentally they were tired as well. They played a lot of football, um, and, and you know, in the middle of the park is such a crucial. Because when O'Hare is quiet and you think, oh, I've not seen him for a while, it's because he's not being fed from the two centre mids. And the problem, he wasn't being fed because they were both having a spell in the game when they were just giving the ball away. And I just felt it needed a change. And you look on the bench and there's certain players there and you think, I mean, I mean, Jody Jones is one. And I, I, I really, I mean, when we move Matson out to the right wing, I'm thinking, why, why couldn't Jody Jones necessarily maybe, you know, come on for him and play in that position, cutting in? Or Alan. I mean, Alan was the obvious one to me um, because, you know, he's centre mid and you could have put him with Sheaf or you could have put him with Hamer. And I think he just gives you that energy, you know, and I trust Alan. I think defensively he gets around the pitch. So, you know, I don't really understand the lack of a, a third sub, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, interesting one. Could, could have gone very differently um, on the night. Um, but yeah, it, we did have a chance to win it right at the end. Um, probably the best chance we fell to Hamer in the last minute. Um, would it be harsh to call this one a sitter, Dave? Uh, or should he have buried it for you? It's not It's not a sitter as such as that, you know, we've seen sitters when they roll across the, you know, the goal line and you hit a post or something stupid. Um, but he's probably got to do better. But again, I think it was behind him. I think he'd done a lot of work to get into that position. He was tired. He saw his, you know, almost naming like everything's going on there. And I've got a bit of, you know, um, sympathy for him, really, but it, it, there's only a few men that you'd want it to fall to on their right foot in that position. Godden's probably one, and Hamid would probably be the next in in line, really. Um, mm, so, a touch, I thought, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah he could have. Um, it reminded me of the Walker one earlier in the season. I can't remember who it was against. Away but from it was home, you sort of you're no, is it? It was at home. It was almost the same position. You're almost screaming at him to take a touch. You had more time. Yeah, um, it might have been Swansea. I can't remember, but yeah, it's yeah, it's just one of those, isn't it, where you see it slightly differently. But yeah, yeah. they're playing. You know, at, at match speed, sometimes it's like a, he felt it was best to take it on first time. Probably didn't think that the ball was, you know, moving away from him as much as it was, and he's kind of just sliced it and tired finishes, and he gone for power. Yeah. 
yeah. he's just he's just he's gone to absolutely yeah. bury that. And actually, when but you're great football. I mean, great football. You know, any lots of teams would panic in that area in that at that moment. And and Cal bided his time, bided his time, and and and, and Hamer made that run. And it's just you know, if you're doing that and in in the AC off minute, it's it's incredible, really. Yeah, yeah. I will grab a man of the match from you both, uh, Dave. Uh, Vic for me. Yeah, Can't really uh, argue that Ross. No, completely agree. I thought he was. Uh, he was unplayable. He was back to, yeah, he really looks back to himself again in terms of his general play. Yeah, Vic. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll move on and we'll look quickly ahead to the Reading game on Saturday. Um, Dave, it's one of those games uh, we seem to say a lot. It's one that we can win. Uh, we should win, but obviously tied legs and not the biggest squad. It, they've got a big crowd apparently expected. Um, could be a tough one, but, you know, we should be looking for three points. Yeah, big protest um, this weekend at Reading. Um, and that's why it's such a big crowd. Uh, so it could be one of two ways, a, a, an atmosphere that gets behind the team or an atmosphere that doesn't. And I'd obviously prefer the latter. We should be winning. Reading are playing poorly. They're, you know, dropping into the, you know, depths of, of the, the league. They've not got any real recognised players apart from, a half decent striker. Um, they just, you know, really um, met a Reading fan actually, and, and he's saying, you know, three or four nil. He's worried about Coventry coming. So um, let's hope he's right. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ross, how how do you see it going? Do you see? Do you think you know a few days rest will help us? Do you think we can go there looking a bit fresher, or are you a little bit concerned about um, the sort of tiredness? That, we, that seems to be around in the squad. Um, no, I'm not concerned about the tightness. I think I think we'll be able to rest and re- regroup. And you know, from our performances of the last sort of four games, you know, since the QPR game, we should be going there full of confidence. And if we play the same way, I'm confident the wins will come. I guess the thing I'm most <laughs> concerned about is because it is this sort of anniversary game, and I just sort of like, I mean, we need to be beating Reading. Um, and I, that, that, I guess the thing that worries me is just, you know, this anniversary game and this sort of bigger crowd. And, you know, that's never really worked for us in the past. You know, when we've had all protests and stuff, I don't ever really remember it working in our favour. You know, I'd yeah. always just feel like we'd I'd sort of go to the crowd depressed and leave even more depressed sort of thing, you know, after, um, with all the CISU out chants and stuff. So I know their fans aren't happy with how things are going, but I don't know, I just... I just hope we're on it and we don't get dragged into that and then we just play our game. Um, but I mean, the, what, the one thing I was thinking about Wardy today was Saturday's a must-win game, I think, for us, for the playoffs. But we're in yeah. mid-February and who would have thought that we'd be saying a must-win game, you know, really to stay in touch with the playoff places in our second season back in the championship I think it's incredible. And even if we do finish yeah. a bit short, even if we do finish, I mean, I saw people on Twitter saying, oh, we're, we're sliding. We're going to finish 12th. 12th? I'd, okay. I'd have took 15th yes. in preseason. We finished yeah. 16th last year. I'd have took anything, any finish higher or points tally would have been an improvement. We look, and yeah. the way we're playing is we're so close. And I guess that is the frustration. I think people know we are like two or three players away from being people always worry it will be that one season as well and the next season you get players that leave and players that go out and the team doesn't look nah, the same but and nah, then you start, got... 
I don't believe, think that. You I'm just saying people yeah. do sometimes yeah. think that, and and I can see why they're then desperate for us to almost, you know, um, shit house it a little bit this year. But um, I can get that. I think, I, yeah. But for those people, I think like and Dave, we chatted about this on the train yesterday. You have to appreciate the fact that the club has only improved since Mark Robbins came year in. Year on like year, we said genuinely since that since that check trade win. I can't think of us ever any point going backwards. I can't even think of a bad run of particular yeah. games. I can't think of, obviously we've signed the odd wildcard signing and some things haven't worked out, but I can't think where we've ever gone backwards. We've only ever got better. Agreed. And yeah. for that reason, we have and to And levels trust as well each season. It's not just on. been better, is it? It's been like noticeably better, really. Oh, I think, you know, yeah, we've gone from it's, what? It's interesting. Eighth, eighth in League One to, was it to then winning the league, you know? On the and I think... And, and, and then I have to say as well, from... I think the the improvement from last year to this year, oh. I think is is huge. But I do oh, think there's my. something that because we didn't, I, did, I think genuinely because we weren't at the games, I think it's hard to actually appreciate how much we've improved. I think if we'd been at the games last year, you know, we'd have lost a lot of games at home. Yeah. We lost, we lost four 0 to get Blackburn. It would have been quite frustrating and there would have been some you know, probably pretty rough times that season some mm. you know players getting booed off the pitch and all that sort of stuff yeah i think as we watched it on tv it was kind of like a, a freak season that almost yeah. got you know wiped out your yeah. mind um it's quite hard to sort of make that comparison when actually we've improved in so much since last year oh when but we have though, haven't we just four or five years ago roll over didn't we last season like not not no noticeably, but we used to just get outplayed and outgrinded, and and then we would just we wouldn't really turn up for full ninety minutes. It felt at times, and that was just you know adapting to a new league, adapting to a new pace, adapting to going ninety minutes at that pace, all of those things. But yeah, the levels this year are just completely different. The passing and the football was always there. It has been since we said Tom League Two, you know yeah. the model. And that's what's put us in such good stead. But it's how comfortable they've got with championship football. And that and that comes with, you know, that comes with year on year. The players who are still here year on year, they've got better. I mean, we saw glimpses last year. We saw glimpses. And I guess that was the biggest frustration. Yeah. We, we, we saw moments last season when we thought, wow, actually, particularly towards the end of the season, when we actually almost relaxed a little bit and we went on that, we won three in a row. Which we hadn't, you know, we hadn't won back-to-back games, and suddenly we won three in a row, and we scored goals, and suddenly you thought, "Ah, oh, okay, that's the team that we saw in the League One winning season, and we're we're seeing them express themselves." And we were a bit passive for most of the season, but this year we've taken it up another level, and now we're sat here going, "We're so close to being a really good team." Good team. Now, I think we will lose one of the big three in the summer, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, so long as we go and we add in three or four quality players and spread around the team and I think we all know you know we need another left wing back because if Matson goes back and maybe another centre half another striker and another cam and I think with the, the the current group of players I mean how many loan players did we have last season quite a few and this year we've just got two so we, we, we've progressed year on year and I think it's outrageous to sort of almost think that we're going to go from 16th to to definitely get in the playoffs and the thing is it's yeah. not over yet I mean I think the, people have just got to look at it and go it's incredibly exciting. We have a plan. That's the one thing is before when we've sold players, it, it we've never had a, a, a sort of a, a plan of where we're traveling. Mark Robbins, as long as Mark Robbins is there, I have full faith that even if we do let someone go, we're going to bring someone else in 
you know, and we, and we will, and that's the Brentford model. You know, everyone says, oh, look at Brentford, but it took them a few transfers of, you know, Mope going to Brighton, Ollie Watkins selling them on, then yeah. they reinvest. It, it, it doesn't. Yeah, I think, Ross, it's a good point. Like, I think what our fans do need to understand is that to, to progress to the next level, funny enough, we actually do need to sell our best players. Yes, and exactly. sounds, to some people, they'd probably lynch me on Twitter if I said that, but, you know, <laughs> you're probably gonna have to make 10, 15, 20 million quid to be able to sign a championship squad. People keep saying we haven't got a squad, right? And we will probably have to sell a couple of players. It probably won't be great. We'll probably be a bit annoyed if Jokeres goes and our best players, but that's how you build a squad and that's how you do a Brentford. So we will just have to, you know, be patient and let the model, you know, take take its course, I think. And and we become the team then who then pinches the best players or the or the you know, the top players from those teams in League One. You know, you look at like, there's a Scott Twine at MK Dons, for example. You know, he's like, if, if suddenly we sell Hamer for X amount or whatever, we then go and we go, okay, we'll we'll invest in in this player. I think we'll be a, another more attractive um, proposition as for, from a loanee point of view as well next year. You know, you think 16, pe- people say, well, do I really want them to go and get, you know, playing at the bottom of of championship football but actually you know being if we finish around this sort of area then you you loanies as well you know you do need a few of those you might need one that might give you 10 10 goals a season or something or or, or whatever and you are more attractive from that side as well you know yeah absolutely um well anyway just going back to the reading game for a second i will grab a prediction from you both um ross i'm gonna go for uh, Two-one to the Sky Blues. Nice, Dave. I mean, Reading have have won just two games in the last sixteen. They're just outside the drop zone. You know, we should be looking to hammer them really. But I'm going to go for two-one as well to the Sky Blues. Cool. All right. Well, two-one it is for the Tweet League then, I suppose. Um, that's all we've got time for this evening, chaps. Thanks a lot for joining me, and listeners. Do check out our partner Shortland Horn across their social channels. And as always, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation on anything we've discussed on the podcast, just use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.